0: What are you drinking there? Watermelon juice. Ew. That's disgusting. Seriously? Mhm. Just pure watermelon juice? Yeah. It's gross. Do you drink that often? No. Okay. Where does one even get watermelon juice? I believe they're called supermarkets? I seriously want to vomit right now.
1: Okay. Then you're in a good mood for podcasting. Mm-hmm.
0: You ready to begin? Yeah. Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Parks. You sure? Mm-hmm. He hesitated. I did. This is Head Cannon, where we talk about movies and T V and stuff. And, and we're mostly going to be talking about The Shining today, I think. That's going to be kind of our, our spotlight focus because we both rewatched that because uh, that's what people voted for. But before we get to that, the other small conversations we had um, just in, in our ongoing efforts to become a, a quasi-Taylor Swift podcast, I feel like we have to discuss our new song. Mm-hmm. You you listened to it. I did? You're, you're caught up. Oh uh, yeah, I had uh, I had downloaded it
1: like as soon as I saw it was available and then for <laughs> several days it's like I'd started to listen to it and then always something interrupted me. But yeah, I've listened to it. What did you think?
0: You know, I I don't mean to slag off Taylor, but man, that song's bad. <laughs> um, I I don't know what happened. I, I seriously like either either she's not listening to her handlers. And is like I'm doing this my way, and like no one can say no to her. Or she's got like a bad handler who's telling her, "Oh yeah, you should do this." And like they're wrong because uh, the lyrics in that song are bad. <laughs> you make me so happy, I turn back to sad. That is terrible. That is embarrassing. Well, I I started to like like be
1: hopeful. Uh, from the first line that she was just going to be nasty like you should take as a compliment that I got drunk and made fun of the way you talk Mm -hmm. and then it didn't go great after that Um, it
0: just seemed like it was written by a 13 year old yeah yeah I don't know what's going on Taylor (sighs) did Calvin Harris or what Hiddleston like one of them just like break her mentally I don't know I don't I don't know. I mean Yum <laughs> should be called like cult of
1: personality, maybe more so than reputation. Yeah. Um it's I mean just I just it's very self referential, like more than her usual stuff, if that's possible. Like there's actually a line towards the end of I guess I'll just stumble on home to my cats.
0: <laughs> Dude, that doesn't even feel genuine though. No. Yeah. But it good. It's, like, it's so it's so affected. Like, hey, look at me.
1: I'm normal. I'm a weird girl. I've got cats. It's named Riska Hargate, Whatever.
0: <laughs> I think it's Olivia Benson. Oh, is it Olivia Benson? Yeah, her character's name. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it works too.
0: I don't know why I know that. But...
1: Why wouldn't you know that? This is a quasi-Taylor Swift podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that album itself drops in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. It it seems less and less likely that there's a bunch of hidden gems that uh, she's just not releasing. So how would you rate this against the other two singles? I never listened this- to all of the second one because it just sounded like a jock jam to me. But <laughs> um I I I would say musically it's probably better than look what you made me do, but lyrically it's worse. This song? Yeah. Okay. I would rate the
1: second single as my number one. Um, I don't know about the others. They're kind of tied for their their flaws.
0: Their hills and valleys. What was the second one called? Get Ready or...
1: Ready when... uh, That's a great question. What the fuck was it called?
0: Ready to go. (laughs) That's for Publica. That's a better song. Oh my God.
1: T-Swift covered ready for it. Ready for had, it. Yeah. If she had like covered that it's like ellipsis ready for it. Question mark. The answer is no. I do think the answer is more like not sure.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Seattle, I saw a UPS truck that had a, a big picture of her album cover on the side. And like a little thing that's saying it, like, wanted you to like take a picture of it and like hashtag it and you could win something. I guess that's the thing that happens now.
1: That's terrible.
0: Yeah. D Swift should not be advertising on the side of UPS trucks. She wanted to know what Brown could do for her. <laughs> Back to the Brown sound, the Brown note. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused with Brown Town. Mm hmm. And with that. Uh so you finally got movie pass. I, I know somebody asked us what the heck movie pass is because we were talking about it. I suppose we should explain it to them.
1: Well, I've seen it advertised
0: nowhere. Um I don't think I only they heard about it from they here. don't want anyone to know about it. I think they're like already like it's insanely a business plan. behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like a month of, they have a month of back orders.
1: I mean, I got it mine in like two weeks.
0: Hmm. So, what MoviePass is? It's some service you subscribe to. It's ten bucks a month, and it allows you to see. I think it's one movie a day. Uh, no, <laughs> theaters. no, in theaters, no 3D showings, no like XD or you know,
1: no like AMC 4
0: or whatever. Yeah, AMC is not part of it. Most other theaters are. You might find some indie theaters that aren't, but the majority of theaters, in my experience, are part of it. Ten bucks mm-hmm. a month. Uh, which is why I'm seeing all these bad movies because I can now because it doesn't cost me anything. Uh, so that is what Movie Pass is. The the one real caveat is like you can't order tickets in advance really for something. Like I can't like go like order like my Last Jedi tickets with it. Um, you have to go to the theater and kind of like check in on your phone within like you know some some geographic closeness you know to the theater so like it knows you're there. Like hundred meters or something. Yeah, I mean it's whatever. You get to the theater, you go and you basically say what what show you want to go to, you know, for what movie, and you check in. And then there's a card that comes with it, like a physical credit card, like prepaid card, credit card thing. And you go pay with that, and that's it. Uh, which I think is just to prevent you from like getting your friends a bunch of tickets, like sharing it. Basically, is the reason mm-hmm. that uh, restriction exists. So, although perfect- I do know with the with the digital tickets. I didn't uh-huh. have to do that. I, I was like at home and I went and like got myself a ticket at Studio Movie Grill and went later and had no issue.
1: Okay. Um, so it's perfect for if you're going to go see a movie that's like definitely not going to sell out, like
0: The Snowman or Geostorm. I mean, other than like Star Wars and maybe like, I don't know, in a new Avengers movie, like what the hell sells out? I mean, I suppose maybe if it was like around the holidays, like you knew it was going to be a busy busy weekend at the theater you might want to get there early but I don't know I I have not had any issues with the movie selling out in a very long time Hmm. wow so Geostorm crushed the snowman oh did it Mm -hmm. did you go see it no not yet have have you christened your movie pass yet not yet okay well what are you going to christen it with Uh, I guess Thor maybe I'll make an attempt that's like Let's two weeks in, right? from now. Isn't it this coming? No, yeah. it is two weeks from now, you're right. Yeah. You gotta get on that. You gotta make that thing count. I that's don't my, even you want know, to see Geo that's Geo my attitude. At this Uh we can go see that. You already see Geostore? Oh no, I didn't. No. I, I saw The Snowman, which is the worst movie ever, which I'll get to in a second. But anyways, that, that's what Movie is. Um, in case you're curious. I think it's like MoviePass.com or something. I don't know. You like Google that, it. Yeah. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Um I just re- I really hope they don't go out of business because I don't see how this is a viable business plan because I've already seen like probably eight movies in a month with it. So I I guess I'm hoping that all the other people who sign up for it don't use it at all to, to balance out my usage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they were our sponsor next week? I don't think they want sponsors. I think
0: they're like, go no, go away. Like apparently like a total of eight people work for the company and like they used to be like 50 bucks a month or something and they like dropped the price dramatically and like everyone's like, oh shit, I'll buy that. Um, so here we are now. I have a service that allows me to go watch the snowman, even though I've heard it's terrible and it is. They're like a billion dollars isn't cool. You know, it's cool. Like
1: $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. It's not our money.
0: Uh, we got an investment from Peter Thiel. We just want to drive it into the ground. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're just about growing their market share right now. I'll worry about the money thing later.
1: So let's, let's, let's unpack this.
0: Who is the cast for the snowman? Well, in, in the lead role playing the character named Harry hole is Michael Fassbender. We're saying Fassbender now, right? You are. Okay. What about you? I don't know what I'm saying, but continue. Uh, I'm playing with the INDB right now. Um, What's her face? Rebecca Ferguson is from Mission Impossible. Kind of his partner from MI5. Yeah, Uh, She plays Katrine Bratt. She's actually playing a character from MI5? No, I'm saying she's in Mission Impossible 5. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I realized that was confusing. No, she works for like Swedish. This is in Sweden, right? I I always get those countries mixed up. Well, yeah, it's like a Joe Nesbo adaptation, so yeah. Oslo, that's right? Norwegian. Norwegian, yeah. it's A good catch-all. Yeah, so she's in it. She
1: is like a (laughs) cop. I went the whole weekend from lunch yesterday. (laughs) you talking about Oslo, and me just
0: like, yeah, that's in Sweden. No, it's not. It isn't? No, it's in Norway. Fucking A. Why didn't you say so? (laughs) Oh, I just sure. Found out. Open up my maps app here. This is the thing that I should have known—I just had the Wikipedia. Oslo, Norway. Son of a bitch. Does this, does this ruin your entire understanding? I—I I swear. <laughs> I between Sweden, Fenway, Denmark, Fenway? Finland, Denmark, and uh, Norway. Like, I—I I seriously like one of those. I'm pretty sure it's Denmark. Is like below the others.
1: Oh, don't! I don't even ask me to. to and be, there's
0: Switzerland. Place them on a map. Yeah, sorry, I'm from America, obviously.
1: <sighs> but they're all considered like Scandi Nor when you, like, is De-
0: is Denmark, or they're, they're the Danes, right? I don't know, but there's something rotten there. Um, and there's Amsterdam. I'm not really sure where that fits in. Hmm. That's some good podcasting here. Anyway, <laughs> Norway. <laughs> no, nor oslo norway oslo sweden sounds correct to me but i guess it's oslo norway you're saying okay i mean hey you know what if you're more comfortable with it being in sweden let's just go okay with that. It's stockholm is in sweden that's growth direct dragon tattoo all right with yeah. the syndromes yeah Dude, it doesn't help that i looked up oslo norway on my maps app and says no results found for some reason <laughs>
1: Was like, no, I don't recognize that.
0: Okay. And then there's the Netherlands. That's the other thing that, that confuses me.
1: Yeah.
0: So this movie takes place apparently in Norway. Do
1: we have any listeners from this part of the
0: world? <laughs> We're going to find out. There's a weird... Uh, how much do you want me to talk about Snowman? Because I could talk about it for a long time. It's terrible. Let's see what you got.
1: Everyone start your, your like uh, stopwatch app or whatever. Now,
0: after a brief opening where it's like some little boy, like his quote unquote uncle comes over and like quizzes him on like history and then goes and like fucks his mom while he has to make snowman outside. And it's like, ooh, this is the birth of the snowman, you know? Um, and then like the mom like drives into a lake and just like stares at her son blankly as she drowns. That's is all. the
1: boy. Wait, is the boy in the car with her? He gets
0: out. Okay. Somehow, I'm not quite sure how he got out of there, but yeah, somehow he got out.
1: For some reason, you described that. I just thought of Cameron Diaz and Vanilla Sky.
0: Hmm. Yeah, basically. No, the mom says nothing. She just stares blankly. Um, <laughs> and then it's it, a snowball. The snowball. I'll get there. Modern day cut to Harry, uh, Harry. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Harry Hole. My father's name was Harry. Yeah, my father's Mister Hole.
1: I'm just Harry.
0: It's Greasy Hole. You remember him?
1: <laughs> that would be uh a different country. Mm.
0: And then there's this albino twin brother, Bleached Hole. hole. <sighs> oh, okay, <laughs> Harry Hole. So it cuts to him, and you know you're led to believe, oh, this is the. Uh, this is what has become of that that little boy. He's now like an alcoholic cop who like falls asleep on like uh, on like children's play things at the park, you know. Like there's like mm. a little little like treehouse fort you could get into at the park and like he's sleeping in there. Um, so he gets out. He's he's like a seemingly a brilliant cop, which is why they keep him around or something. Like it's mm. all the, the writing's awful. Um, but they they There's an extended bit when he gets to the office, the police station, where it's like some lady's explaining this new technology they have. They have these like new little kind of iPad looking things with big cameras on them that Mm -hmm. like they do all their police work with these. They record all their interviews with it. They put all their notes in and, you know, just everybody know like we're going to stress this over and over in the scene. It syncs every 12 hours to like the, the central server, you know, from wherever you are. And so it's like, hmm, I wonder how that's going to come up later. And then like at a certain point, like one of those is set up to film something and it films it. But then the person who set it up is murdered and it's like, oh, is this or how they're going to find out? No, because uh, the, the the killer erases that entry and that's it.
1: Sometimes when you tell a story, I want to do that thing with the guy from Mallrats. Well,
0: did he come or what? He did not. The snowball thing. If if you've seen the trailer for this movie, there's like a woman. She's walking across kind of a bridge. It's it's nighttime. It's a little snowy. And suddenly a snowball hits her in the back. You saw that from the trailer. And it's like, oh, but that's a creepy moment. Watching it in theater, it happens. And she turns and looks around. Hello? We did that, you know? Mm-hmm. And she sees nothing. So she just walks onto her car. She's not hurrying to her car. She's not increasing her pace. She's not looking around nervously. She's just kind of smiling and going to her car and getting in like, oh, that was weird. Just got hit with a snowball. (laughs) That's the kind of movie it is. This
1: movie's got? Charlotte Gainsbourg and J.K. Simmons in it?
0: Everyone is bad in this movie. J.K. Simmons is bad in this movie. Hmm. It is. It's terrible. (laughs) Insurance commercial bad? It's terrible on like a, a fractal level. You know, you can zoom in real close and you get a bad moment you zoom out you get a bad scene you keep zooming out you got a whole bad movie like nothing is good in this it's not like oh the you know the actors are really trying but the the writing is bad or like oh it looks great but uh you know the script wasn't there like everything is bad the sound mix is bad technically it looks bad the performances are bad from scene to scene it's bad overarching narrative is bad like thematically you know the kind of message it's sending is bad it sucks entirely it's amazing uh, the, don't, uh, don't go see it unless you have movie pass.
1: The hype from the director is bad.
0: That director, he's like trying to like get out in front of it by trashing his own movie. Like, oh, we we didn't we couldn't shoot like fifteen percent of the script. Like, no, sorry, that it, that that's not the excuse because everything is bad here. Like I said, it's not like parts of it are bad and parts of it are not. It's all bad.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm so, shocked. So you should go see it, basically. I'm shocked that a movie featuring
1: Harry Hall was bad. According I, to Wikipedia, this is he's identifying the first serial killer in Norway.
0: Sure. The movie ends with kind of the suggestion of sequels, which I thought was hilarious. Hmm. Did someone say this looks like a job for Harry Hall? They might as well have. Hmm. As he's tapping his... Uh, <laughs> he has like a prosthetic finger by the end of it. For uh, reasons I won't get into. <laughs> <laughs> Which finger is it? The index, I guess. Okay. That's the middle finger. Uh, no. And the middle finger is the middle finger. So the pointer is that the pointer finger? That's the index finger. Oh, yeah. Google
1: that. Is that is that in in
0: Sweden? Yes. The forefinger. Index finger.
1: It's a pointer finger. Okay. Okay.
0: Whatever. Or trigger finger. Sure. The digitus Secundus. I feel like we're learning a lot about each other here. <laughs> the characters' names, like, this could have been, like, a Star Wars prequel. Like, you have Rafto, Reckill, Harry Hole, of course. Of course. Katrine Brat, Arve Stopp, Gunner Hagen. Magnus. Yeah. It's a guy named Mouldman? Yeah, who's Mould Oh yeah, it's like a a completely random subplot that goes nowhere. It's like he he's been on out on like a drunken bender for who knows how long. He comes home to find there's someone in his house until so he like gets a gun from a hidey hole, right? Mm-hmm. And he like comes around the corner and then he's like startled to see like a like a man and like a like he's about to cook meth, like he's um Like Walter White or something, He's in like the whole get up, right? Like the the suit, breath mask, and everything. And Harry Hole is so startled that he just like randomly like shoots the gun like into a pillow. Like could have killed this guy. It was that he's too drunk to aim properly. Never brought up again. Um, But yeah, because this guy, this mold guy is like there. Like they found black mold in his apartment and he's like renovating. Hmm. And then like (laughs) later on, there's a the mold man is back and he's like in his get up so he can't really see his face or anything and it's like he's doing something and Harry Holt just ignores him and goes to sleep or something like that and then that guy leaves and it's, and then he walks past the actual mold man mm-hmm. and you're like oh no that was the killer not the mold man and the mm-hmm. mold man the way he walks past it's so theatrical because the mold the original mold guy he's like he's got like punkish hair and like tattoos and whatnot um and he's like holding a cat and stroking it for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but it's like so cheesy the way they do. It.
1: You want to hear a, a fun sentence from the uh, the pre production section of Wikipedia? Sure. For a while, Martin Sorsesi was attached to direct.
0: Yeah, with um, with Leo, I think was involved. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: just gonna be like a
0: loud, screamy, hairy hole? Al Kilmer is in it, and he's dubbed badly. Why would you dub Al Kilmer? I suppose he has like throat cancer or something. I don't know if that was the reason for it, but it's very obviously dubbed. It's so weird. It, like I said, this movie's terrible.
1: I wonder if he has throat cancer because of the same reason Michael Douglas he has throat
0: cancer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you yeah, get really to see son. his face blown off by a shotgun.
1: Word. Uh, according of Variety, the initial hope of the film was to create a series in the vein of various Alex Cross film adaptations. <laughs> Sounds like an Alex Cross movie.
0: <laughs> hmm. I wonder, is this worse than was it just called Alex Cross? Yeah. The the one with uh, Jack from Lost. Yeah, this is worse than that, I think, somehow.
1: Wow, because that's a really bad
0: movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I watched all of Kiss the Girls. I never saw the second one of Morgan Freeman no hmm. i watched enough of the one with carrie always in it to be like he's the killer like as soon as he appeared on screen yeah oh speaking of that i don't think we ever talked about happy death day At least okay. i don't think we did um it's fine i don't know the killer is immediately obvious i think i've seen too many horror movies personally because it was immediately apparent to me exactly where the movie is going to go like it was like, oh, here are all the subplots, and now she'll have to do this, this, and this before she finally survives. And that person's the killer, and it's probably for this reason. Like, it was just way too obvious.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: But you, well, I, I don't know. It's it's I'm not glad terrible. You it up. Yeah, <laughs> you might enjoy it just as a, an intellectual exercise.
1: Well, I always do like horror
0: movies. Do you? Do I always like horror movies? Yeah, yeah I do. Okay, what was the last horror movie you so? saw? That's a good question. The Shining. I mean, besides that, <laughs> I don't know. It's
1: been a while since I've seen new horror movies because the game has changed. Though I don't want to watch something with Ethan Hawke in like a haunted house
0: that's like shitty, right? Um, oh, wouldn't you say then that you don't always like horror movies? Seriously, I'm just saying. Seriously, I mean, are you really? That's the hill you're going to die on. I'm not dying on the hill. I'm just pointing out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ
1: Insufferable. Um, I mean how do you feel about horror movies
0: I don't always like horror movies Um, I think I've seen too many of them for one uh, they don't really work on me that well anymore uh, I, guess I, I like should, some I should of them
1: clarify for the shitty amongst us Like I like the idea of horror movies I grew up loving a lot of horror movies as a whole no they are not great as a hairy whole they are not always
0: amazing Apparently, it's pronounced who they or something. In, in, I saw that in Swedish no- or Nor- Austria Norwegian
1: or whatever. In Austria, it's pronounced holy, Harry holy, mm. which somehow makes it sillier to me.
0: Like, nobody in the production, it's like a Universal Pictures production. No one that was like, Harry Hole doesn't work. We gotta, We gotta change that to anything else.
1: I know, like, and I'll confirm this tomorrow. I know that like if you go to an airport, you're probably gonna see this guy's books, like on the spinner rack. Mm. You know, I don't know I don't think, think it's like a precious audience. I don't think it's like, you know, heyday Dan Brown, where it's like, oh shit, you gotta get this stuff right or what
0: have you. Um well, I forgot to mention the funny thing about this movie is that um several times throughout the movie, like either after a killing or just like to ratchet up tension or something, it will like cut to a close-up shot of a snowman somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's usually to show us that like, Oh, there's a snowman outside the house or something like that. Um, It gets funnier and funnier throughout the movie. (laughs) It's like ominous snowman. Hmm.
1: Like, like it's the fucking birds or whatever, but with Mm -hmm. snowmen.
0: Yeah. Do they
1: always have like goofy, ironic looks on their face?
0: No, they just have like weird, like, they just have like horizontal lines, really. They don't really even smile. They're just like, Would it be better if the snowman
1: just did like Calvin and Hobbes, like Gallo's humor of just like creating like snowman sculptures of them doing
0: macabre things? Sure. Okay. Okay, before we want to talk about The Shining, Mm -hmm. last piece on this. I was just curious. If you if you have one or not, a uh, f- favorite or best Halloween costume you've ever worn.
1: No, no. Uh, okay. I've never really. worn. Thank you. Like, uh, Moving on. <laughs> I've never worn like what I would call like a truly great
0: Halloween costume. Hmm. No favorites or fond memories or anything. Um. Like, uh, a
1: couple years ago, I was into a very casual party, so I wore, like, a Batman t-shirt with, like, a smoking jacket and, like, a little cheap Batman mask that I bought somewhere. Mm. It was, like, Batman's night off. Because it was, like, what I threw together in five minutes. Mm. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm okay. assuming you have something great, then? Not great, but it. I don't know. I feel like I put more effort into this whole that. is this whole podcast just you trying to set up topics where you can
0: then act, like, disapproving of whatever I say? <laughs> Well, I was hoping he'd done some preparation and would have something for this, but apparently not. Uh, no.
1: Mm. So let's uh, let's hear your top five Halloween bosses. Oh, I, I, just... I know they will be all amazing.
0: No, no, most of mine suck. The only one I can really. Uh... Mm. Mm-hmm. Is this how it's <laughs> going to be now?
1: What are your what are your?
0: The only one I can think that was like really like I I, I could like claim it and own it. And not just be embarrassed about it in retrospect was uh, I had a pretty good Scarlet Spider one year. Okay, go on. Because uh, I mean, it's pretty basic, right? He just had like the the blue hoodie with the spider on it, and like you know red underneath, and like spider mask. Okay, but that one was pretty decent. But otherwise, a lot of a lot of bad costumes. I'd never done the thing where you just go buy the costume mm-hmm. or rent it and whatnot. So, I feel like you probably need to do that to get like a really good one, unless you're very crafty. Mm.
1: i mean i got halfway to like indiana jones one year and didn't like commit
0: that one's probably uh, not
1: that hard no i just didn't have like a leather jacket or anything yeah. um didn't you am i misremembering didn't you attempt
0: a wolverine uh i like, did like hair the, mutton I, chops? I did the hair basically in mutton chops yeah did but. you
1: like Anything like did you put like a flannel and a wife beater? Did you put on some like I think like leather fetish gear?
0: I think I did like a, a wife beater and a leather jacket.
1: Okay, so you're just like I, I do s- math. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> said a a lot in bub.
1: Nice fake cigar you just like chomped away on.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I, I didn't even have a prop. No.
1: <laughs> did you yell cannonball special at random big people? Huh.
0: Okay. I think we all learned something about ourselves.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I think I see, like, occasionally, like, I'll go to like, Target or I'll look online, there's, like, these really cool, elaborate costumes. And I think wherever I'm going to go, which is most likely going to be a party, I want to be
0: comfortable. Well, I think there's two things. Not that I ever go to parties these days, but, like, you want to be able to take a leak in it, right? Yeah. You don't. You don't want that to be a big production. And... Yeah. Masks are usually a no go, just because like your face gets hot, especially if if it's like one of those ones you just strap to the front of your face. Like your breath condensates on the inside, and like that's just not fun.
1: No, no, you don't want like when you finally reveal yourself underneath the costume, people are like, "Fuck, that stinks." Yeah. Um. I mean, I went to like a like a Western themed party last year, and that was easy to throw together, like a fake Clint Eastwood Man of No Name outfit. Mm, That sounds just like. I don't think I ever saw any
0: photos of that. Oh well, well you're not looking in the right places. <laughs> all right. Well, shall we talk about the shining? Yes, please.
1: How so how much do you want to go into this?
0: Uh all the way. Oh shit. Well let me let me start by asking you, when was the first time you saw this movie?
1: Fuck. Uh I want to say I was like 10. Ten, wow. Yeah i i remember watching it all the way through and just like feeling like parts of my spine were stiffer than they've ever been before
0: did you know anything about this like had you read the book or no, seen no. like the tv version or anything like that
1: not a huge stephen king fan
0: no, um neither I. I have tried to
1: watch the miniseries it's not great it's not great um yeah, I, I didn't I never read the book. I, I only know little things about the book just from you know, occasionally over the years reading stuff. I mean I've I've delved into out of boredom at times, like some of the uh the theories, like the kind of like pseudo room two thirty seven shit. Uh
0: yeah, I, I don't, can't say I'm very much up on that part of it. I know it's out there, but the the general gist of it is just like uh Jack Torrance is like molesting Danny is the, the main thing, right? For room two thirty
1: seven stuff, no, yeah, no, no. That's like that's like
0: the just barely breaking the ice. That, that's that, that's just the basic shit. Yeah,
1: that documentary is fascinating only because the different the nine segments that people talk. It's just all like their voiceover and it's just their wacko pseudo academic theories ranging from. This is a a deep probing story or an allegory that Kubrick's doing about like the slaughter of the Native Americans in Mm. like our our Western expansion to this is like a thinly veiled uh, confirmation by Kubrick that he helped fake the moon landing. Um, It's all it's all fantastic. I mean, and then there's like the basic stuff. Where they they go into yeah obviously like that structurally like there's no there could be no window in that office when they do the the dolly shot around the corner, or uh, uh, the you know, the ghosts always appear when Jack's looking in a mirror. Hmm. So, you know, putting it back on you, when was the first time you saw this?
0: I saw this at home probably not quite middle of the night but close to it i don't know why i was the only one there i don't know maybe my parents are out of town or i'm not sure what but like i just like watched this on like probably hbo or the movie channel or something like that um scared the shit out of me i was oh sorry i was like maybe 13 or 14 okay um it was definitely like it freaked my shit out yeah See, in HBO,
1: yeah, that's, that's the way to watch it. Oh, think, yeah, yeah, it
0: had all of it. Um, I think it was, mine was like
1: somebody had rented it and put it on thinking they were going to watch it and then they left the room and I, I walked in during one of the opening helicopter shots mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, what's this? I went, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, I, I don't even know why I watched it. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I only was vaguely aware that it was even a horror movie. Uh, yeah, it freaked me out. It, uh I, that might be the last time actually that I watched it completely like I'd seen parts of it here and there since then but this mm-hmm. the just watching it earlier today might be only the second time I watched it front to back okay what was that like for you I feel like I was cheating a little bit because it was the daytime you know so it's yeah. like I don't know it's just less of a spooky vibe happening but um, I I, I did
1: the thing that I know you love to complain about but, but uh, I felt watched like it, it added... on your phone I did last night Oh in bed. God. It was right out there in my face.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw an interesting debate online. I can't remember where, but it was arguing about like whether or not millennials are terrible people for watching things on their phone as opposed to their TV. Um, the argument that if you put it close enough to your face, it's kind of like you're watching TV. Hmm. I guess you'd come down on that side.
1: Um. I don't have like some kind of philosophical stand about why it's right to watch something on your phone. It's always been like a necessity issue to me
0: or a comfort. You should get into VR. Maybe I would love to. I mean, as as a, as an idea, as
1: an intellectual exercise, aren't you always curious and like wanting to hear that VR is super successful? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, whenever I think of movies that have featured VR, it's always been terrible. But it's always been, like, you know, 15 plus years ago or, like, uh, uh,
0: Virtuosity or Lawn Are you talking about movies about VR as opposed to just VR?
1: Disclosure. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like when the last time we really dipped our toe in that water, like, it, it wasn't there. It wasn't great. And now... From what I understand, it's coming back, and it's potentially really exciting on a consumer level,
0: yeah, sure. I mean there's there's VR yeah. in fiction, and then there's just VR. you know, I mean, Ready Player One is coming out next year, but that's not anything to do with whether or not actual VR is good, you know true,
1: yeah, there's VR the concept, which you know dips its toe into actual representation and fiction, and then there's the actual technology that you can experience. And then there's The Shining. Um, what do you think of the soundtrack? How does that hold up for you?
0: The it, it reminded me a little bit, actually, and this is like not a great comparison, but a little bit of The Dark Knight. Um, the the kind of like I don't know what instrument that is. They're like just like a, it's some violins or something they're hitting, but like when you know the weird shit happens, basically, like when. When the twins are about to hear, or when something's about to happen, they're like they're hitting these high notes on the soundtrack that I thought were very effective. Um,
1: I bring this part up because because people, since from the PLL podcast, will always tweet to me about it because I I've actually experienced it. But there's two types of things in Twin Peaks. There's like this kind of goofy soap opera, and then there's like there's kind of visceral, off, awkward horror thing. The best version of the horror in Twin Peaks is so apparent here in, in The Shining. <laughs> just the the random shit that builds on a first intellectual level. And you just know it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And the soundtrack, that dissonant soundtrack aids it. Like just the slow build to the woman in the bathtub. You know, just the way it's shot, but also Wendy Carlos' soundtrack. I First when I was playing this, I'm watching those helicopter shots, I was like, man, I bet the soundtrack just doesn't hold up. I bet it's super cheesy now.
0: Uh, but as it kept going, I was like, this is kind of great. I, don't know, I find most old soundtracks hold up just fine. I feel like yeah. they probably put more work into them back then than they do now. Yeah, yeah. Boy, uh, I should ask you then, what is your what would you rank as like your scariest moment in the movie for you? What freaks you out in particular
1: oh i had a hard time at this i really did um uh, because there's so many good ones i mean even the way it shot the first time mr halloran like reveals to danny that he has the shining mm-hmm. is shot so creepy where he just kind of like zooms in as he like slowly turns his head while talking to to wendy and you just hear this voiceover but the bathtub is is pretty scary there's some great stuff when when Wendy first discovers the the novel. And I kept like waiting like for something to come from her horrified stare in that close up and then he just kind of slowly saunters up to her.
0: Kept waiting for him to pop over her shoulder.
1: Yeah, I kept waiting for the pop over her shoulder just like a bat to just like come down off screen and like smash the typewriter in front of her. So yeah, I kind of struggled with that. I I mean, I saw the thing in the notes. And I was really trying to think like okay, what works on me the most and I don't know it's just in general there's just a great atmosphere I in re- I forgot about it but I love the little weird flash forward that Danny has towards the beginning to like the twins the blood it's so just and then his own horrified face This weird flash forward to terror which shouldn't have worked as well as it
0: did for me but it did even knowing it was there coming mm-hmm. back to it what about you uh, I gotta go with the uh, room two thirty seven bathroom scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. I mean, I was thirteen when I saw this, and I went from like, "Whoa, I'm not supposed to be watching this," to like, "Fuck." Yeah, yeah, that that was well, traumatizing at like a deep level.
1: And and I I can't look on Jack Torrance with anything but like disdain now he is such a toxic guy and so did you
0: like him before
1: no but i didn't dislike him as much
0: really huh, yeah okay i yeah i in this rewatch i found him he made me so uncomfortable from the very beginning i almost i almost relaxed when he finally i think it's about a half hour in the movie when he like is just a complete shit to his wife um when he like tells her to go fuck off basically i was mm. like ah, he's I can like I can relax. He's finally revealed his true nature now, you know. It's He's like taken off this his is this is more societal norm mask, yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
1: well, that's the one thing of the criticisms from Stephen King that I will agree with. Casting Jack Nicholson puts you on edge from the very beginning.
0: I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, there's you could you could imagine a million different ways to tell this story cuz it's a very basic story, you know. Mm. Um but Jack Nicholson really just as an actor in general, it makes me uncomfortable. I can't think of any role I've seen him in where I thought there is an affable, benevolent person, you know? Right. Maybe it exists out there, but I mean, his fucking eyebrows in this, God, from the very start, he just he makes my skin crawl. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Um, also, the hotel manager is the first guy to play James Bond on screen.
0: What? That's um, some sort of weird trivia or something? Yeah, some kind of weird trivia. Okay. I was thinking
1: about it because I was thinking about the beginning of the movie, and he's weird from the get-go, and that guy is so That dude's got a look. He's got a, well, you know what his look reminded me of? Do you ever remember in those eighties Star Trek movies when it was like here's the scene where Bones and Kirk are just like getting a drink at Kirk's apartment before the action
0: continues? I, I never watched the original series.
1: I'm talking about the movies. I just said the eighties movies. Oh sorry.
0: Um did they go like to an apartment? For, like in Search for Spock. They get
1: some Romulan ale to celebrate like Kirk's birthday,
0: and it's Spock like he's dead in that movie. Or are you right. talking about Bones? Okay,
1: I said I said Bones, yeah. And they go get some Romulan ale at Kirk's apartment. You see, actually see Kirk's apartment, which I'm sure he's never there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like I don't know, just his look just looks like Barry Nelson's. I kind of see that. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I'm trying to think. I feel like it probably doesn't match up at all, but that dude reminds me of like. One of the one of the MI6 handlers from like if looks could kill is like the vibe I get from that guy.
1: <laughs> I'm the new French teacher. Yeah. Um good job, Colvin. There is some great looks in this. I mean, I was I was missing a whole level of Dick Halloran, like when I was a kid that I was trying to pick up on here.
0: Dick Halloran has the best line in the movie. Which is? It turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. Yes
1: just between you and me (laughs) his his like home or wherever he's staying in miami
0: i'm sure there have been some essays written about that yeah
1: is interesting
0: (laughs) yeah it's like weird erotica on the wall
1: (laughs) on both walls Mm -hmm. but like he just looks
0: like just a retired gigolo you know he got his feet up on a pillow yeah
1: I'm just like this guy. There's a whole other movie at this guy's life.
0: <laughs> Shelley Duvall really looks like like they uh, they ran her through some program and like extracted olive oil and like made her a real person or something. You know, she looks like
1: when CGI really gets us to the uncanny valley. Yeah, um, which is even worse when you think about like the psychological torture that was just
0: doing this movie for her. I've read about that. It's, I don't like it's, um, I, I think about that while I'm watching her character and it's like, am I seeing the result of that? Like, I mean, I think she's perfectly fine in the movie. She's good, but it's like, is she only good because he like just harassed her and tortured her? I don't know. Like it, it seems well, weird.
1: It, it kind of comes out. Cause like there's things with like the, the other screenwriter. And she says, like I wrote, I wrote better scenes for Wendy that were great scenes and everyone agrees. And then it's like, Kubrick later says, "You know, I cut him because I just like Shelley Duvall couldn't act in those scenes, and it's like, okay, so you just turned all your attention to just like belittling her, and it's it's bizarre.
0: I mean, she's fine in the movie, you know. Um, I don't, I don't have any problem with her performance. She's, you really get the sense that like she's terrified of her husband from the very beginning, you know.
1: Oh yeah, like there's, I know the, I think the book goes into more about like." Past incidents of Jack's alcoholism and the effect,
0: toll it's taken on his family—you oh, feel I, it. I just noticed she's reading *The Catcher in the Rye*. I'm sure Yeah,
1: yeah. I was—I had that in my notes. That she's just chilling with her kid, her weird kid, watching reading *Catcher in the Rye*. as you mm-hmm. do. Would you hire a caretaker from three and a half hours away? Does that just speak
0: to like how undesirable this job is. I mean, you would, or is it just Colorado? It is a little suspect because, and he's only lived in like Boulder or something for like a couple months anyway. Like. You would think you would want someone who really knows about cold weather climates and like yeah. living in those conditions and whatnot.
1: Furnaces upkeep on yeah the residential. Yeah. I uh, mean,
0: hospitality industry. He doesn't appear to do shit anyway. Like Shelley Duval's doing his job for him basically. So,
1: and he tells the guy too, like I'm just going to work on my novel.
0: Um. Well, also through a lot of it, you can see like the snow is like piled up to like the second story. Yeah. Is he supposed to do anything about that? Like Well, I I I kind of think
1: maybe no because it's just going to keep coming. Like
0: <laughs> I I guess, but it's like I don't know, you would think that by heating various portions of the the hotel at various times that might help out a little, melt some snow, I don't know. Um in the office,
1: I love the other guys the look on his face when Barry Nelson's telling Jack about Charles Grady. The other guys just like, "Why the fuck are you telling him this?" <laughs> Um, and then Nicholson just has this like hilarious look on his face. To me, it's like the only time he's superhuman because he's like, it's like he's struggling to keep this normal look on his face, like he's not phased. Yeah, yeah, listening.
0: <laughs> Do you think he has any sort of shine power or anything, or is he just he was just decided by like the ghosts or whatever to be more susceptible?
1: Well, let me let me answer your question with a question. Uh-huh. I think with a lot of people, it breaks down to what your take on the general ending is like, do you think it's like a reincarnation thing
0: or I, I took it as like the, the, the hotel has claimed his soul or something like that. You know,
1: see, that's what I like to think. I like to think that they've absorbed him into their history, th- their menagerie. Yeah.
0: I mean, cause it's, it seems like there are these individual ghosts within the hotel, perhaps or apparitions but then there's also like the hotel itself you know you had the whole like you know indian barrel ground thing and like at one point towards the end um wendy's finally starts seeing things too for for a long time i was like is she just not gonna see anything like is it all just him but then she finally does start seeing stuff too which to me makes it seem like this is just uh the, the the hotel itself is causing this you know which puts a rest to the the idea,
1: like, is this ghost? Is this supernatural or is it just, like, a cabin fever thing? I don't think they it's make just sure, cabin fever. Well, they make sure that, like, every time Jack interacts with the ghost, there's, like, mirrors yeah, all over
0: yeah. the place. Um, I mean, I, I think it's probably the right decision not to explain it too much. Yeah. Um, it, because then it just allows you to kind of wonder about it for yourself. It, it did seem to me, though, that they... The creepiness of the the twins that you know were murdered they kind of go away about halfway through the movie. And I feel like they they could have made a reappearance at the end.
1: Yeah, they should have. They should have. Um, just yeah, everything with Jack Nicholson just just chilling in the car on a road trip, talking casually about the Donner party of his kid. <laughs> yeah, he's a real dirtbag. Yeah, he's a super duper. Well, just the bit where he. Uh, he goes into the gold room and he's just like, it's like in full swanky mode and he's like swaying along with the music while, while like poor flapper girls are having to avoid him and like crash into waiters. Just what an asshole.
0: Oh, what was I just going to ask you about? Do, is it just because this was like the eighties that like when Wendy reveals that her husband like dislocated her, her son's shoulder because he was drunk like nothing happens yeah it's like oh yeah that's tough
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of like bullshit i think euphemisms there when uh lloyd or is it lloyd or grady suggested jack uh have a conversation with his family i think that was grady okay and then is it also Grady who like like throws in like the racial shit too? Um
0: yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a little jarring. Early 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's mostly Grady. The bartender is just weird. Was was it the bartender who was like sitting up with the teddy bear guy or is that someone else? I think it's somebody else. That's just like a random other person. Yeah, the teddy bear guy. That fucking thing. I know there's been plenty of essays written about that. I don't even know what to make of that. I don't think you're supposed to make anything, aren't you though? Well, Kubrick like, intended to, something with that. It's supposed to definitely
1: like unnerv you, but I don't know. I don't know how you can like draw a conclusion,
0: really. I think you can draw a lot of conclusions. I don't know if you could say that, like, there's one right interpretation.
1: Like I mean, definitive conclusions?
0: You know, and of course, it doesn't really matter what Kubrick intended ultimately. But, like, it's freaky. It's it's so weird, I think, is why it's so unsettling.
1: Well, I think that's the thing, is that a lot of it is just designed to be unsettling. Like, the, the Dolly shot to, like... uh the hotel manager's like office, where people like later on have studied it and realized there's no way that there could be a window there. It's like it's just meant to make you uncomfortable and like kind of subconsciously pick up on that.
0: Well, I think the just the lenses he uses, he's like shooting in a wider angle than than you usually see in a movie a lot, and especially when he's like going down halls or around corners. Like you really feel the movement at the edges of the frame, and it's like it's just a little disorienting. Disorienting.
1: Well, it's, I mean, the atmosphere and tension in this movie is amazing. As you're just waiting for something terrible to be around each corner, as mm-hmm. Danny takes a tricycle around it, and then there finally is, yeah. But the sound is is perfect there when he's going from hardwood floor to carpet to hardwood floor,
0: and then just the flashes of the uh, the twins all hacked up with blood everywhere. Yeah. Oh, they really. It's like if you if you freeze frame, it doesn't look that bad. No, it's not like there's like pieces of them here and there or anything. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll walk it off. Yeah, those girls. I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say like two of the actors on PLL did a did a little Instagram joke with that. That come play with us, Danny. Can't remember who, but it's good.
1: Uh, wasn't it,
0: it? Was Keegan and Janelle? Is that who it was? Okay. Yeah. Can't you like see the helicopter at one point and like the establishing shots in the opening? I, I like believe so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that like the window wouldn't be possible to be there based on how you come in. That's yeah. what they're saying.
1: Yeah. I think there's a couple other instances. Well, I mean, obviously, a lot of it, like the exterior, you know, is not where they filmed the interior. So a lot of it doesn't line up. But like, there's one point where. You see, I think it's during the tour where they're going through the Colorado room and then they make around a corner and it's like where you just saw that there's exterior windows from outside. Like now there's a hallway there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I, I think some of it's definitely intentional. I mean, it's a maze inside. They would say that there's a lot of duplication of things, the maze on the inside, the maze on the outside. Um, I wrote down that I think that there's probably a whole swath of Jack Nicholson movies where he has to condescendingly say, like, let me explain something to you, to a (laughs) co-star. Also, I I had a good chuckle during uh, Jack's, like, moaning and screaming dreams. Yeah, what do you think that was? It reminded
0: me of the Case Two dreams in New Moon. (laughs) Oh, God, or she just starts
1: Ah!
0: (laughs) screaming. Because, I mean, I think Jack Torrance is a dirtbag from the very beginning. I guess he was just like selected as the weak one or something. A Uh, vessel. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the scenes where he goes Danny,
1: but I feel like Jack's probably ultimately
0: a simpleton. Yeah. Yeah. Jack's an idiot. I don't know what the hell his book is supposed to be about, but Uh, the scenes where he goes to have drinks, though, those are just like so compelling and disturbing you know
1: well and, and he's really taking his like both kubrick and nicholson are really taking their time mm-hmm.
0: i was surprised i didn't when i watched this the way back when it seemed like it was taking place over a longer period of time but it's really like a week and a half mostly
1: yeah like a month isn't like a it month? goes a month in
0: and then it's like basically over a week and a half period yeah whereas like for some reason I thought it was like over several months like kind of picking up here and there but no at all it when it when it goes south it goes south pretty quickly
1: how often in your life do you do you kind of get to that point where you're like I wouldn't mind taking on this assignment oh this
0: one right here, yeah just be the like, caretaker yeah for like five months I'd do it. I don't think I'd go crazy. I feel like... I'm not sure if you would necessarily get that much writing done, though. Especially not in the room he's trying to write in. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're not going to get any work done there. Um, but I, I could when see it... you
1: could it, be throwing that ball against the wall.
0: I could see... I guess it depends on how much work there actually is to do, you know? Yeah. Because I could totally see just, like, sleeping in every day, taking your sweet-ass time making something to eat, going and like, you know, doing the minimal amount of tasks you're supposed to do. And it's like, oh, well, maybe it's time for a nap now. you know.
1: Especially if your
0: wife is doing all your work for you. <laughs> yeah, really?
1: Because you're sleeping in the fucking noon every day.
0: This guy's like, oh, don't interrupt me when I'm working. He's picked like basically the grand like ballroom entryway area or something to do his work in. Like you, you can't not interrupt this guy if you want to go anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, potentially, I don't know where the hell. I don't know where like the servants quarters are in relation to the like, Colorado lounge, but yeah, presumably it's right around the corner.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like up the stairs, I think. But yeah, what an asshole picking that location of all locations to do is writing in. But He actually tells Lloyd like white man's burden. <laughs> what a prick. I feel like a lot of actors have been trying to, copy the kind of Nicholson deranged stare that he does in this movie like
1: like Christian Slater
0: Slater in particular but no just in general there's a lot of movies and tv shows out there where like it's like someone's deranged now and they're trying to do this look that Nicholson does uh it's right around the part where he's like like they're playing outside in the snow and he's just like staring Mm um that's like a classic example, but a lot of actors have been trying this. No one quite has the eyebrows for it, I don't think.
1: Mm.
0: But I feel like this movie's probably responsible for me not really liking Jack Nicholson that much as an actor. He just freaks me out.
1: Well, he's too too good at playing these like horrible elements of society. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I want to say that there's something in Jack Nicholson's story where it like the, you know, his real life that like for a while the woman that he thought was his mom turned out to actually be his grandmother. Like his sister was his real mother. Um, I keep waiting for the shooter to drop that we find out that Christian Slater is like actually his illegitimate son.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't know who the mother would be, but. Yeah.
1: And then somehow we could CGI Jack Nicholson into Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, the look he gives them as they're playing outside, like they're just having a good time, that is fucking deranged.
0: Yeah, I think it's just after he's told her off. Yeah, this is after he's told her to go fuck herself. This is when you're like, oh, I can relax and like not not worry that this guy might actually be a good guy. He's clearly a piece of shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly not
1: a good guy. hmm And then just the the
0: when he has Danny on his lap,
1: that's yeah, seems that seems uncomfortable. That
0: seems super uncomfortable. I mean, what yeah. do you think? There's anything to the whole idea that like he's been molesting Danny?
1: Depending on whatever the degrees are, there's something uncomfortable in their relationship, and it might just be the verbal abuse and like or the, he's the just physical a drunk. abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something uncomfortable and there might be more, but the just the... Did your mother ask you that? <laughs> did your mother put you up to that?
0: He's looking to blame everything on Wendy and then have an excuse to kill her, but then like, oh, just going to have to kill the kid too because yeah. he's, I don't know, telepathically calling to Scatman or others.
1: Yeah, bringing an outside influence into the situation. Which, yeah, I mean, even before... They start dropping the N bomb. Once he starts saying "white man's burden," I'm like, let's just cut over to Dick Halloran even more, because I mean, that guy is clearly just getting all the sex.
0: Well, it's such a strange buildup with Dick Halloran. Like, you know, he's he's concerned. He's calling the sheriff's station, then he's getting on a plane. He's flying out there, and it's just, and then he's getting on the uh, the what do they call it? The uh, I don't know, the uh, snowcat. Ice yeah, snowcat, and it the just keeps car. building and building. Yeah, the ice car, <laughs> and then he finally gets there and just gets an axe in the chest immediately. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this it, movie
0: like really goes against a lot of your typical kind of not just like tropes, but just like basic structure. You
1: know? Yeah, well, that's kind of like an element I like of it. The the the, the dark humor of that is so Kubrick. You keep, I think, in the book. I read that that character like he gets wounded, but he does help Wendy and Danny escape. Yeah, I kind of like that. People they meet people from like like the book fans in the audience are like, "Oh, don't worry, no, I'll get out of this." Nope, (laughs) because Jack has to ask him a question.
0: Do you Um, do you think this movie would be better or worse if there was no Shining business in it?
1: Good question well the shining is so vague too it's yeah. like pre midichlorian the force almost uh, because
0: places can have the shine as well mm-hmm. people can shine places can shine like if this was just a haunted house type of movie does it lose anything I'm not sure yeah I don't know I mean, I guess you need an excuse for Danny to be weird yeah like, it's not enough that just he sees Ghost, too. Like, he has to have some special power to call Scatman Cruthers. Like, I don't think it really adds that much to it.
1: I mean, I'm sure you could find a reason why Scatman Cruthers just comes and checks on them.
0: He, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You could come up with some some reason or other. Because I mean, they're really, like... They put him through a whole thing, like he's in Miami and how you know he's gotta to get to Miami, you know, from Miami to Denver, and he's gotta drive up there and rent a car and rent a snow cat and all this stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, right over there. Yeah, sorry. Just the door in the other room. Yeah,
1: I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel.
0: Just to get murdered quickly. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I like the dashing of expectations, but I don't know if you necessarily need the shining to exist for that. No. And I had a good chuckle, though, because we get
1: like, you know, 8 a.m., the flight, and then he's just like staring ahead intently and like, oh, excuse me, miss, the timer's supposed to land oh, wait, 20. Mm hmm. And then this, the, the time, and then he calls the guy and, you know, they're a bunch of assholes between you and me. I'll be there in about three and a half hours.
0: Oh, cause he had to like drive from wherever he landed, like a super long way. It seemed like. Yeah. 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 The room 37. Now, who, I guess we're just supposed to assume that somehow magically haunted hotel Room thirty seven is open and has a key in it, like right. the, the same way that uh, Grady can let Jack out of the storeroom towards the end. Like it just happens, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the The key thing,
1: I like that. Is that like metaphorical? Like all the elements are there to, for this thing to be let loose.
0: Well, yeah, I, I did wonder. Is it is this thing being let out of Room Two Thirty Seven? Like, is this is this where it was contained or something? I don't think so, but I don't know. I, I I guess I read the old lady is just like some other person who died at the hotel, like just a a, a, okay. di- a separate kind of haunting, like not to do with Grady murdering his kids. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a weird like she's not like Grady's wife like there's a no. weird like handsome gretel factor that like playing on i don't know like like jack's like frustration of his family that like he clearly just would like be happier like cheating on his wife mm-hmm. but it's what actually makes her extra jarring is the like the types of decay in her body oh yeah yeah but like in the mirror, like he's like clearly got his hand on one of those like sores. Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, you know, earlier in the uh, movie when they're being shown to their quarters, uh like a couple I don't know who they are, some like two like young women walk by, like their staff, and like mm. like Jack kinda pauses and hangs back to check them out. So like you're already set up then for this idea that like he is not above cheating, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah. Well, presuming that'll be the thing that fixes his quite frankly irrational
0: like anger towards his family
1: well he he goes off on a whole rant about how he he has all these failures
0: he has all these responsibilities and she's not you know considering them and all that but yeah he's he's clearly got his own emotional issues i think she is considering them them.
1: them. because she's been doing his job for a month and a half yeah
0: Yeah, really fucking worthless asshole S- sits in the middle of the biggest room there and tells everyone not to disturb him. <laughs> I think like at least go go sit in the uh, the the ballroom or whatever or, or go find some place that's not gigantic to sit in. You know, yeah. if you're trying to write you ask, let me just sit in this room full of distractions. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I can concentrate.
0: Imagine the shitty book he was going to write. Seriously. This bartender's super creepy. Yeah, well, he doesn't blink, right? Uh, I don't know. Is that another one of the theories? Just no, his, but I'm just he's saying, so still, it. yeah. Your credit's good here. <laughs> Orders from the house. At first, I thought that. Um, oh, where is I going with this? it was like he was being haunted himself, like in his dreams or something. It's like they're implanting the idea. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know with the dreams. I mean, he's well, like they mentioned he's been up late. Like it was like, is he, can he not sleep because he's been having nightmares or something? Well, presumably he's going to some kind of
1: trance because I, I guess we're led to believe that literally every moment at the typewriter, he's been typing
0: all work and no play. It makes Jack a dull boy, or at least in the, in the recent period. Yeah. I want to say that I read
1: something like in the book, he finds some old notebook stashed away behind like a, like a water heater or something. And he it inspires him for his novel. Cause he's like blocked. And then that's like in the book, like that's the the beginning of like the real shit happening to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Cause there's no real progression in the movie. I mean, he's just bouncing back and forth between like talking to ghosts and then being like, what the fuck, Wendy, why are you observing? Like, why are you interrupting me when I'm just like, miming having a drink in this empty ballroom.
0: So do you think he's actually getting drunk there? Like, is there actual booze happening? I I, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) And I I don't know if you're really supposed to bring that kind of concrete meaning to me. That's why I both love and just snicker at, like, these whole, like,
0: room 237 crowds. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love that movies can do that to people, but it's like, there's gonna be no answer, man.
0: Well, first I thought that maybe it was his encounter in room 237 that really, like, unleash things but it's not because he goes and has a drink with a ghost before that you know?
1: yeah yeah that's what she comes and tells him yeah yeah
0: like that it already happened
1: well it's it's like i feel like in some way he's
0: at least verbally abusive to her she's
1: definitely like terrified of him but she's willing to at least stand up her son when she assumes that he's the one who like strangled danny
0: mm-hmm The tone of voice is really creepy. Yeah, it is. If it you, shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> if you were Wendy here and you've knocked this guy out and put him in the storeroom, do you just go to sleep? Like, I feel like I would like, I would be moving boxes and chairs and furniture in front of that thing. I don't know. Like, I maybe I'm just being overly paranoid because I know what happens. But like, I would not be comfortable just knowing he's locked up down there in a room that's not really designed as like a the whole people. Yeah. Captive. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, this kind of shit, which is, you know, there's decades and decades of this in movies makes the ending of like scream Two, refreshing when Sydney's just like, "Eh,
0: pow, i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just going to shoot this bitch in the head. Like Halloween when she just like stabs Michael Myers with a nitty needle and then turns around, sits on the couch and refuses to look at the body. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like I I was laughing when you were you were talking about the snowball thing and the snowman.
0: At least when the ball rolls up to Danny, he's like, "This is fucking weird." (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and you can—I don't know. I this makes me wish more movies would do these longer takes. I mean, obviously, no one can quite capture what Kubrick is or Kubrick is doing, um, but the way the camera, like. Like in that snowman scene it's like cutting all over the place right it's like mm-hmm. behind her cut in front of her cut turn around you know like if it was all one really long shot the whole time mm-hmm. it'd be much creepier mm-hmm. like if you if you had followed her out from wherever she was walking like you know in that kind of creepy wide angle closeness behind her and the, like there's a there's a way the camera moves that it kind of sways here and there that's really creepy you know mm-hmm. and then like if if the character then gotten hit by the snowball, and then he kind of panned around her as she's in shock, and there's no one there. Like, that to me would be much creepier than the constant cuts that most movies have these days. Uh,
1: some of the, I was just thinking, like, some of the, the helicopter shots. So I think when the family is going to the Overlook, mm-hmm. uh, when you get the greatest establishing shot there and like Wendy Carlos' score, it reminded me a little bit of the establishing shots of the spaceship and like Arrival. Mm, okay. Uh, nice big wide cold sunny day sci-fi movie in this fascinating soundtrack I just remembered I wrote down in my notes that um when Jack's waiting for uh it's either the tour, or it's one of the tours. He's reading an issue of Playgirl.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that that I think is all tied up in the him being a molester theories, I know.
1: <laughs> oh, cuz the one of the cover stories on that issue Playgirl is incest. Why parents sleep with their children.
0: Hmm. I just sent you a screen cap and I realized that my dad had texted me I'm really glad I sent that to the right person because <laughs> if, oh. if I had just sent that one of uh, room third, 237 to my dad he'd have some questions for me You're, yeah. I, your dad would have an interesting uh, conversation with you <laughs>
1: She's not only got one of the open sores on oh, her lower so back gross. where he's touching it, but it's also like on her butt. Uh, yeah. And he looks just so <laughs> really startled in this picture. <laughs> ruh <roh.
0: laughs> uh, Well, I guess this is essentially, it's only one night later that everything goes down. Yeah. Some of the shots of young Danny here are so creepy. Like, he, they managed to make him so still. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's just like eyes wide open as it like zooms in on him slowly. Mm. Or, like, when he's being held by Jack in that one creepy scene and he's just oh, kind of like looking to the side, like this vacant stare. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they had to do to get those performances out of the kid, but. I mean, you never acted again, right?
1: I don't think so. Oh my god, can you imagine
0: just being like doing this experience as a kid and being like, I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want this to be my whole well, life. At least that kid didn't have to do a scene with the lady in 32 or 237, because that I think would traumatize you for life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. I think so.
0: Is there any significance to like this july 4th thing 1921 here or is that just like the heyday basically i think it's just like the the
1: heyday because what was the the thing it was it was built here for like for isolation
0: yeah oh it was like it was a stop in the it? jet set before there was a jet set And she's like
1: royalty and he's just like all oh, the best people <laughs> I really do like this guy's look. If I could like make almonds look like my Halloween
0: costume this year. Just a real deep cut. <laughs> I'm the hotel manager from The Shining, you know, at the beginning. Yeah.
1: Which we should talk about so I'm sure everyone knows if you've ever read about The Shining. There's like a, a deleted ending with him. Oh, is there? Yeah, so the deleted ending that they filmed is that uh it's like Weeks later, like, Wendy and Danny have gotten to safety. She's now maybe dating Ullman. Hmm. And so the camera is supposed to be like ultimately like Danny's perspective. And Ullman just kind of like smiles at Danny and then like tosses a ball to him. Kind of like the ball that rolled up to him on the carpet. Yeah, it's not great. Well, it's like it's 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 like the photograph. It's like it's so out of nowhere it it works because it gives you an immediate reaction that if you probe too deeply it doesn't make any sense or I think the gives you photo
0: the photo remains ambiguous. that is a little too much, I think
1: the ambiguity is is fine just because you have Gray saying like you've always been the caretaker, yeah, which Jack, wake the fuck up, like you're not there to party at these
0: people, you're there to clean up their shit afterwards. <laughs> What did you think about him having money suddenly in his wallet yeah i i it's like the hotel is
1: giving him not just the booze he requires but like some status
0: hmm, okay, I don't know where that money he, came from originally, but yeah, probably from Wendy,
1: <laughs> but I mean, I just don't even like he's such a shitty guy. He just starts calling this uh this service guy like like Jeevesy
0: oh and we never really see grady's face in a close-up until grady is like revealing himself to you know be who he is like it's pretty creepy it's a lot of really long shots
1: supposedly people who like watch this the thousands of times they've decided that grady's like not really looking at jack he's like looking past him oh whatever Oh, so yeah. When the when Grady spills the drink on him, Jack's just like looks like he might have gotten a spot on on himself. Their jeezy old boy, and then he starts rubbing it on his back. Also, <laughs> oh, I just want to point out in the Room to Thirty Seven scene, Nicholson is doing so much face work
0: in that mirror shot. Oh, and looking behind at the yeah. Just there's the bed so much like rubber face. I mean, I feel like he has some good material to work with there. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering, has, has anyone done a
0: super cut of this movie to the
1: Taylor Look What You Made Me Do song? Uh, is that a thing now? I don't know. After the Anakin one? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say that like
0: the apartments that they give the servants, they're not too shabby. I don't know, I don't know if you'd get this during the, the busy time of the year. If you're I mean, they've like, got like a real, they've got like a pretty sweet ass, like sweet here. I is, was like, is red rum like, in the book?
1: Red, uh, I don't know. Maybe I can look at it up on Wikipedia.
0: Red rum. Yeah. It's imaginary for who lives in his mouth. That's fucking creepy. Well, oh, and goes
1: and hides in his stomach. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this book is like the toxic alcoholic masculinity of Stephen King, wishing he wrote the haunting of Hill House. Um, I don't know if there's this will mention Red Rum
0: I know there's like a sequel book. It's like Danny grown up. Why? I don't know. He's obsessed with that. He does that with it too. Like, and I guess, uh, like shine powers are part of like the whole Pennywise thing too. No, like we because they're all tied together. Cinematic universe. Yeah, we're gonna cover Dreamcatcher on this podcast, right? Oh God, Not anytime soon. I don't know. I, I people should just go watch Dreamcatcher. I don't know what I could say that would be better than you experiencing it for yourself. Was that the same
1: vacation where we also watched *In the Land of Women*? Probably, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was an interesting double feature. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else we want to say about *The Shining* here before we wrap? No, up? I I think we've covered it. Who's <laughs> this dude at the very end? Who's like, he's Wendy sees him. He's got like a cut down the middle of his face. He's just some dude in a tuxedo.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, the blood
0: down his forehead? I don't know. I, I, that's the... That's, it's all ambiguous. You you kind of... Like, I... My brain, like, wants that to be someone we've met already. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of just, like, a random dude. And then, like, she just sees, like, a bunch of ghosts. Or not ghosts, yeah. but uh, skeletons. Yeah. And she's seemingly witnessed the blood coming out of the elevator. Oh, the detail that I
1: always forget about that that I love is that even though it's off-screen at first, the blood eventually reaches where the camera is and then <laughs> splashes up over it and starts moving stuff around, yeah. Yeah. Um this this but you know, it's funny cuz I think when we did this poll, you and I were both hoping that Dracula would win, which also features a ridiculous
0: like blood splash scene interesting results from that poll uh halloween the shining and dracula all pulled almost the same you know um like one of like a six percent difference yeah and then like evil dead had like fucking nothing why do people hate evil dead 2 i'm curious about that i guess whatever our, our demographic or podcast is they're not into evil dead 2 maybe it's they haven't seen evil dead 2 yet yeah Not Bruce Campbell fans.
1: Outrageous. I mean, I,
0: I I enjoy Army of Darkness more, but it's a
1: completely different kind of movie. Oh, yeah. I,
0: don't, I don't know which one I enjoy more. Or maybe Army of Darkness. Is, it's a more broader I mean, type if, of entertainment. If
1: you're talking about just like my like more likely enjoyment every time, it's mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. But Evil Dead Two would be like the Halloween movie I would play. <laughs> True, true. I mean, so I don't know. Do you want to do Dracula next week?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do Bram Stoker's Dracula next week. It's another movie. So, I saw yeah. On if you're listening,
1: if you're listening out there, go ahead and watch it. Go and pick up, pull up that movie from how
0: long ago was that movie? That was probably like ninety two to ninety three. I'm guessing. Ninety two, nailed yeah. it. Forty million dollar budget. No, sorry.
1: Yeah, forty million dollar budget.
0: That was big at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's Coppola, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah,
1: I still remember the first time I watched that movie. <laughs> when was it? It was at a sleepover. Really. Interesting. In like sixth or seventh grade. Hmm. I remember the dudes that were there. With it was like a party, with like it was like a mixed gender party that turned into like some dudes sleeping over like we were like play video game and drink soda and hang out all night. And I remember the people there who were like a great school friends that I definitely phased out by the end of seventh grade, but I'm still kind of, if you know which, which of those two grades it was. But yeah, like at first it was just like, this was like, like a titillating, dark, weird movie. And then by somewhere halfway through it, I was entranced. Like, like, like Dracula had put his spell upon me. I was just like, guys, this is a film. Huh, okay. It's just some stupid. My uh, like, or the shadow thing—that was when I was just like, everyone, shut the fuck up and just watch the screen. Something amazing is happening.
0: My viewing experience the first time I saw Dracula is very different, but we can get into that next step. Yeah, I would say let's let's try not to go too deep on it if we're gonna yeah.
1: watch it next week. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Um, do you want to do a TV trope story generator? Uh, I think we do it next week. Next week. All right. Yeah, we've already recorded for almost an hour and a half. Um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter is at Um That's probably the best way to do it for right now, I suppose, or you can email us. Uh, we still need we need to set up an a, uh, email. We, we, you can email us broswatchpl2 at gmail.com. That's our old one, but we need a new one.
1: Uh, yeah, we have one. I just need to get
0: into it, make sure it works. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion of The Shining.
1: Oh, we can talk about uh, uh, Ewan McGregor next week because uh, Oh, I'm sorry. This is this is uh, Drew Law's ex-wife in Dracula. Never mind. Sorry. What is like Sienna Miller in that?
0: No, 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 no. Way back when. Oh. Sadie
1: Frost. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, We can always talk about Ewan McGregor. We don't need a reason to <laughs> Our Ewan McGregor podcast returns next week. <laughs> the McGregor cast. <laughs> McGregor songs. I wish. I really wish. Was a McGregor Sons? Mm-hmm. Or that we had a McGregor podcast? That, that we had a McGregor Sons. Okay, I feel like I was say, we can we can make the podcast happen. He's been in like a really weird place as an actor for like ten years now. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get back doing like Obi Wan, getting better roles. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about Dracula and. I don't know. Probably not in Taylor Swift stuff, but maybe we'll get some feedback. I don't know. We'll see. You should Catch try and go see uh, the snowman. Yeah, I really should. Mm-hmm. I just make you come seat with me. Nah.
1: I need to be experienced <laughs> oh, maybe, alone. Maybe we'll see Geostorm next week.
0: Yes, yes. Are you are you watching Star Trek Discovery still by any chance? I am. Okay. How's that going? it's hit and miss it's uh
1: it's there's some weirdness that's it's like you're trying to like play some of the choices
0: um i read a recap of the uh, most recent episode and it sounded terrible
1: the one last night yeah it was just yeah it was dumb um i mean they're really they're really trying to keep their promise of making like the captain like kind of dark and fucked up
0: That's not what I want in my Star Trek. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, talk to you next week. Later. Bye bye.